Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the CS School podcast. My name's Grace Gupta, and I'm the copywriter here at Customer Success Collective. The objective of this podcast is to speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics in customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. Now today, on this episode, I am delighted to be joined by Richard Convery, who's the Head of Customer Success at Virtuoso. Virtuoso is a software company providing testing and quality assurance tools to software development teams. Its products automate testing to increase efficiency and accuracy, reduce risk of human error, and improve user experience. So welcome, Richard. Welcome to CS School. Um, how are you doing today? Thanks, Grace. Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thanks. So excited to have you on the podcast. No, it's, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me on. So we're going to be having quite an interesting conversation um, about, because I think what we're going to be talking about, leading customer success teams, I think it's one that is probably more applicable and prevalent now, I think, as we enter, you know, uncertain economic times. Um, yeah. I think finessing your leadership style and uh, and elevating your customer success, success team is going to be something that all, you know, employers are going to be looking for, Um both perspective and your current, you know, we're going to see how we can really drive customer success and lead and it really, you know, leadership. That's, that's yeah. a big one. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So to kick things off, could you share with us your journey to where you are today? Because I'm sure, I'm sure our listeners would love to know how you were, how you got to where you are now and like kind of what's your personal pr- perspective on leadership and, you know, do's and don'ts, that type of thing, things, things you might have learned, learned along the way. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, fine. Um, So right now I'm the head of customer success for Virtuoso. Um, We've got a team of 25 people in the customer success team that covers account management, onboarding, support, delivery consultancy. Um, And we're a fair fair chunk of the organization. We've been going, Virtuoso as a product has been going for two years. And um, we've kind of gone from say four or five people in the customer success team to 20 25 people in the last 12 months so we're going quite quickly right and how i've got here today i actually started off out of school you know too many years ago now um i actually started off in accountancy as an auditor uh and um i kind of wanted to go and learn my numbers and uh, following that i actually didn't want to be the numbers guy forever in a day I wanted to know a little bit more about business. So I sent out my CV to every celebrity entrepreneur I could think of. So those from the Dragon's Den and Richard Branson and <laughs> Lord Sugar and everyone like that. And at the time, Rachel Elnor, who was the founder of Red Letter Days, was looking for somebody to help her with her business. So that was my kind of step out of accountancy and, and into what I would more consider the world of entrepreneurship and um I was Rachel's executive assistant for for a little while, right? And so when working with Rachel, I kind of fell into IT. Um, She was working with a company. um, This was probably 15 years ago now. Um, It was an ERP platform. And and that's kind of how I fell into software. It it wasn't a, a direct route, but I absolutely love what I do. I've been the head of operations for that ERP company. I've had my own consultancy company. Um, I've been head of customer success, director of customer experience for 
ERP, CRM, PSA, BI companies, all the acronyms that you can name. Uh, and that's kind of led me to where I am today, right? So that's a, a very brief history of, of how I've got to where I am. And uh, I love customer success because it's a nice it, it's a nice area where you can kind of experience all areas of the business. You've got a little bit of sales. You get to problem solve. Um, if you want to, you can explore technical abilities and develop on that so you can help out really understanding from an engineer's side and from a product side what it means to to build a product and i think that's important because you're just kind of sat in the middle of of everyone right um and you are the you're you're quarterback just kind of passing information between between departments and 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 being the voice of the customer so yeah that's kind of where where i'm i'm at right now Great stuff. Yeah, it sounds like you've had very, yeah, like you said, maybe not the traditional, not, not that there is a traditional path into customer success, but, you know, it's really interesting how you got there. And and you touched on something quite quite important there, which leads on very nicely to my next, um, my next question. But you're talking about customer success being a bit of like a like a melting pot of different, yeah. different, different department, not departmental strategies, but a bit of sales, a bit of this, a bit of that. And I think... Um, most of our listeners will know that a huge part of being, uh, a huge part of leadership and of customer success is being a strong communicator. And I think being a good communi- communicator and being able to, you know, being able to collaborate well with other departments is a huge, huge, huge part of it. Um, so would you mind being able to, you know, talk to us a little bit about the importance of communi- communication and collaboration within customer success and uh, kind of, quite interested to know how do you sort of foster a culture of open communication because I think that's such a big huge important thing to nail in your leadership strategy isn't it to so yeah with you know how so how would you kind of yeah first first point let's break that up again how so can you speak about how important communication and collaboration is and also how would you foster a culture of open communication within your team and you know for other departments within your company so I think it's communication and relationships, right? And I don't think anybody listening to this would be surprised to hear me saying that, but communication and relationships will save you through so many situations, right? Um, if you've got a situation with a customer whereby you have to give them some um, some news that that, that that some news that they perhaps weren't expecting, or um, or there's perhaps a defect in the product and you need to buy some more time, or it's coming up to the renewal. And they perhaps haven't got the value out of the product that they were help that they were hoping to in in the last twelve months, for example. And I think having the ability to communicate effectively and build the relationships with the customers gets you out of so many holes, right? And and that is no different to your internal communication, both within the customer success team, but with other departments as well. And I think it's it's having a degree of flexibility in what you do. Because in customer success, you get thrown everything. Everything gets thrown at you, um, whether it be requests from marketing to be contacting customers, whether it be getting feedback for the product team, whether it be reaching out to the customer to get referrals, case studies, introductions. So you're doing all of that on behalf of the company you work for. So it's about give and take, right? So you're thrown everything and... Part of your job is to be flexible with 
both with the customer and with with the internal stakeholders as well. So if you've got that degree of flexibility and you're happy to bend on behalf of the other teams, then those relationships that you forge will benefit you in the long run if you need to call in a favor from the product team, for example. Yeah. right? It's leaning upon those relationships that will ultimately be your success and the success of the company you work for. Um, and I think it's incredibly important within a customer success team especially to be open with each other and, and share best practices, what's working well and what's not working well. And I think the best thing we can do is to create a safe environment where people do feel like they can share the good and the bad and not be berate, not be berated for mm. you know, bringing bad news to the table. Bad news is only bad news if, um, if you don't do anything with it. But if you use it as a learning opportunity, not just for yourself, but for the rest of the team, um, you can you can actually take take that and, and improve your processes, improve yourself as a person, and uh, make sure that that you're learning from it, so those those mistakes don't happen again. I'm quite curious how, um, as a customer success leader, you know, an innovative customer success leader, how do you sort of keep up on industry trends and advancements in customer success? You know, managing a team that you know. There's a lot of lot of spinning plates involved, like in customer success. Yeah. Um, how do you sort of keep, you know, how do you keep sort of a breath of new, 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 um, new things happening, and how do you implement these changes in your team's approach? So I think there's there's a lot of communities out there, um, be it on LinkedIn or otherwise, where people like to congregate and ask for help and share information, and there's a lot of thought leaders who who do keep a, a, an eye on what's going on in terms of processes and technologies. And I think it's it's worth taking a little bit of time each week to just read through these things and, and watch the odd video on what's going on. I think that's really important because especially these days when you're back-to-back -back with Teams meetings every single day, it's very difficult to find the time to research what's going on. And so you, yeah. you, you have to lean on other people's experiences as well. So one of the things that, that I do, if we get new people into the team, it's saying to them, what was it, what were your processes at your previous company? How did you run a QBR? What does the onboarding process look like? And I get them to share with us what they've been doing, do a little bit of a presentation to the existing customer success team and talk us through what that process was, what went well, what did they enjoy doing, what was more difficult, or perhaps um, what wasn't working as well, where the customer wasn't getting as much value. Mm. And I think it's important to to do that because there is there's so many different ways to cut customer success, and it looks very different in every organisation, right? You know, for for some customer, for some businesses, customer success is all about retention. For some businesses, it's predominantly growth and so we need to be mindful of the fact that the customer success is different and have a look at how other companies are doing it there's nothing wrong with having a look at your processes that that are working and still look to improve them because things are changing and one of the things i'm going to be talking about on the event on the 8th is about ai and customer success and i think if we don't stay up to date with 
the trends in technology, then we could be left behind. But it's okay to try these things out. And one of the things I would say as well is for anybody in my team that comes to me where they've got a problem with a process or something's not going quite right or they'd like to make an improvement, give them the opportunity to do so. And kind of you can you can provide guidance and, and boundaries as to where the limits are, as to what's kind of acceptable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but create an environment where you can go, okay, go and do it. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Yeah, right? exactly. Nothing's ever going to work 100% every single time. But if you don't try these things, you're never going to know. And so if you kind of create a culture where people feel confident to, as I mentioned before, share things that aren't working really well, but also they feel like they're empowered to come up with their own ideas and suggestions and we discuss them as a team, then then that's okay as well. That's that's part of their learning and development, not just the the progress of the company you work for. Mm. Would you? That's really interesting. Would you say that, maybe sort of you know example of poor leadership then would be leaders cs leaders or any leader really but you know for this for this podcast topic cs leaders not willing to not quite willing to fail exactly you know people not willing to because failure you know it's an inevitable part of life but without trying what you said you'll never really figure out what works well for for your function you know for your yeah your... and and it's okay to try these things and, and fail on on a certain scale if that makes mm. sense so if you're going to go if you want to change a process and you're going to roll out this entire process without thinking it through um and and without testing the waters on a on a subsection of customers or processes or whatever it might be then then yes it, you're, you're maximizing your risk um what you want to do is is take a a smaller section and just say I want to run this particular process for this subset of new customers coming on board for example like that's okay because if it if it goes wrong you can nip it in a bud nice and quickly and you can learn from it and either take out the new process or enhance it uh, and that's okay and I think customers are appreciative of the fact that you are trying to innovate and do more um, because they benefit as a result I think the problem with not making any changes you can become stagnant very quickly mm-hmm. especially with technology um and i think customers like working with organizations that are at the for- forefront of technology and and trying to improve yeah. when, when it comes back to the the leadership side of things i think there's a there's a big difference between leaders and managers as well right mm-hmm. i think with managers you're there to enforce process and make sure that people are doing their following their processes and his yeah. their KPIs and things. And and some of those things is uh, are included as part of being a leader. But from my point of view, being a leader is you are working for your team. Like you're not you're not there to, to bark orders. You're there to find out what makes that person successful, both in work in terms of hitting KPIs and helping their customers and getting the renewals and growth opportunities and things um, and therefore making sure that they can make the most money you know at the end of the day we do come to work to make money and people KPIs are there to drive the right behaviors and it's okay to help them to be successful because then you've got more people you've got a stronger team that are happy at work happy to work for their customers happy to work for the company 
Mm. And so having a leader that's there with their best interests at heart is going to foster a really good culture in the team. Um, but as I said, it's also allowing them to grow, not just financially, but from, from a professional development perspective as well. If you know that your team want to become senior CSMs, or they might want to move out of customer success, those things are okay. Mm. Understand where what motivates your team and help them get there because you're going to get a better person in the meantime. Um, and in the long run, you're helping that person to achieve their goals. They're going to be working harder for you and they're going to really appreciate what you're doing. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. I think um, the back of that, like, can you can you maybe give our listeners any, like, practical examples of like ways to motivate your team you know if through maybe through certain processes maybe if maybe for like if they're doing like a new a new process they're not familiar with or something you know how do you how do you motivate your team to sort of get the best out of them i think it's giving them the opportunity to talk about let's let's create an example so if you wanted to um make an improvement to your onboarding process right so when when customers are coming on board and you do a presentation to the customers and you want to improve that you think that that, that you can get give more value to the customer whilst you're doing that onboarding kickoff call now the way that i'd approach this is firstly getting getting the team to all be involved in that discussion and you can guide them as to what you want those changes to be and and why I think it's important to communicate why you want the changes to to occur but then giving them the space to say go and go and do this go and give this a go you don't have to rush the process I think that's it that's important go and create a new onboarding kickoff call and then let's come and talk about it and let's get input from everybody else and so before they've gone to the up to the point where they're actually delivering this to a customer they've thought about the process they understand why they're doing it they can bring their personality into and their experience into the creation of of this new process um and it also if you get them to kind of play it back to you firstly like a one-to-one situation and then maybe to the wider cs team you're kind of building their confidence and giving them some really good tips on how to improve before going out into the you know delivering it to a customer for example Mm, fantastic yeah i think what you've like described there is that there's there's definitely and do you know what we're probably preaching to convert it here but there's definitely a huge amount of like emotional intelligence you needed to be in a leadership role and i'm sure there are a lot of leaders out there who probably maybe don't have that (laughs) but like i'm but the role of like empathy and emotional intelligence is so important in leadership but and can you maybe like i'd quite I'd be quite interested to know how you what you think how it plays a, a part in building strong relationships with customers you know this emotional intelligence and empathy kind of facet of customer success one of the big things from from a customer success perspective is is you're the voice of the customer mm. you're there to to fight on their behalf yes you work for the, for the organization you work for but you are their eyes and ears and you need to be able to communicate their their concerns um, and their successes internally to the rest of your team. You need to be able to articulate what the customer is trying to do and the problems that they have. 
because let's let's remember that customer success is not always about problems and problem solving. It is it's a very rewarding job. But I think in order to be able to do that, you need to be able to get into the weeds of the customer's problems. And sometimes um, customer success managers will lean on perhaps technical account managers or you know technical members of the team to come in to help solve the problem. But I wouldn't switch off at that point. When you've got people in there, try and understand the desired outcome of the customer. It's not just about the problem. What are they trying to do? Because a lot of the time, the customer will try and solve the problem themselves and say, I can't, I can't do this. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do whatever it might be. And I can't solve it. Always go back to what are you trying to do and why? What's what's the desired outcome? Because then you're going to get into the the detail of, of why they're trying to make this change, if that makes sense. And I think that's important because if you can understand what the customer tries to do, you can come up with different solutions. You can articulate internally the importance of this for the customer. And it's okay to be able to ask the customer some very frank questions that you're trying to do X. Why are you trying to do that? How important is this? And what is the, what would be the effect if, if we don't manage to do that, right? What are your timeframes? And very quickly, by asking a couple of very simple questions, you will be able to fully understand the, the, the scale, the size of the issue they're trying to solve. And sometimes you'll surprise yourself that you might firstly think that that's a very big issue because they've raised it as an urgent thing. But when you dig into it a bit deeper, sometimes they do go, but it's not really a big issue right now. And we can, we can come back to that or it's okay. We can live with the workaround. But until you ask those questions, you don't know. And so the putting yourself into their shoes, having all that, all that information allows you to, or enables you to, to address the situation properly. That's great. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so to kind of move on to my next question, which is quite a big one, I'd like to, I was wondering if you could tell me, like, if you're a CS example, you're a CS leader and you're sculpting out a new strategy for your customer success team. Um, how do you, what's your sort of mindset? How do you go about that? You know, particularly, this is particularly great for any, like, people looking to move into sort of CS leadership positions. You know, how do you go about sculpting out a new strategy, the goals you set, you know, the quick wins you identify, you know, your long-term perspective and, you know, what all these all these facets that come into it. Like, how do you, as a, you know, I'd, li- I'd, li- I'd like to hear it from you. How do you go about that? Because, you know, I'm sure for a lot of people, it's a bit of a minefield how, you know, where to start. I think, first of all, clear your desk, turn <laughs> off your emails, get away, get away from the distractions for for a couple of hours. That's probably the first thing I'd do. And I love a mind map. So stick customer success in the middle and then think about all the different aspects of customer success. Um, again, this changes depending on the company because customer success where I work um, involves support, for example, but in other organizations that I've worked at, that, that doesn't fall under the same banner. So kind of create those um, those branches or the, the mind map with the big boulders and then start to work from there. Think about what's working well and what ideas you've got to improve those, right? And then just start to branch out. And honestly, you can, you can easily spend a couple of hours just going, that's working well, that's working well. I want to improve that. 
Um, think about not just where you are right now, but what the next 12 to 18 months looks like. And I think it's important to have good communication with the sales team, for example, if they've got a big pipeline of customers coming through, it's good to know that because then you can start to plan in advance and not be caught with your pants down when you get a whole load of new customers and, and you don't have yeah. the resources to be able to deliver it. So make sure you're communicating with everybody else. The other thing I like to do is is read. You've got some customer success books, really good customer success books, or listening to podcasts or as by, by people who've kind of been there and done it. Yeah. Um, the, the best thing about that is as you're reading through, instead of kind of taking every word at face value, try and think about what that means to you and your organization and your role. So if you've got a section on QBRs, for example, um, and the book is talking about experiences that they've had that works really well, think about, is that applicable to me? Is that applicable to our company? And very, as I said, very quickly, you can come up with a big map of, of absolutely everything you want to make some changes to. So once you've kind of come to the end of that, or when, when I've come to the end of that, I'll then start to pick off some some quick wins and identify which, which of those we can get done this quarter, which is going to take a, a bit more planning. Um, also, you need to be aware that resources you've got, both in terms of the number of people that can help you achieve these goals, but the monetary amounts associated with them as well. If you want to put a new system in, that might cost quite a lot of money and, and therefore sure. you've got to go through, you know, budgeting and approval and um again that might take a bit a bit longer. But even for those ones, if you want that to be done in the next six to twelve months, stick it down as a goal and make sure you've got steps to take every quarter, every month between now and then to make it happen. That's how that's how I would try and break things down. Again, yeah. it's, it's it's about getting inspiration from everybody everywhere else, um, and and seeing where everyone else's experiences can can benefit you. Love that. That's that's going to be really really useful. I think for a lot of listeners who are, you know, potentially unsure about where to where to start. I think that's a, that's it's a big thing. I think that's often the big thing, like where to start. Where do, you know? Yeah. Um, excellent. Um, I was also quite curious to know, like we touched on, um, we've touched on several points, I think, in this episode, um, cross-departmental collaboration, but, you know, sort of play devil's advocate here, how, how do you, um, as a CS leader, how do you handle like sort of, sort of siloed functions and how, do, how what's the, what are the best ways in your experience of kind of facilitating cross-departmental collaboration, you know, what are like, if, particularly if maybe if you if you come into an, you know, a company, for example, you know, it's, it's a lot different from what you've experienced in your previous company, you know, how do you go about sort of sorting that out? You know, how do you get people talking? I think what I, what I tend to do is go and have a chat with the departmental leaders. Um, if you're coming into an organization, it's a really good opportunity to talk to the head of sales, the head of product, the head of engineering, the head of marketing and say, what what are your goals and, and how are you what problems have you got with regards to getting there? Right? Because customer success can re be, be a real enabler for the rest of the company. Um in, and it, and that includes the current CS team if you're if you're moving in as a as a leader into the new CS sure. team, right? Um so when when I've when I've kind of gone into into companies in the past, you'll you'll notice that 
when you're having conversations, the same things will come up when you're talking to different departmental leads. And so that common thread you can you can start to jump on. When you're when you're talking to the the other departmental leaders, it's important to know what makes them successful and how that affects the rest of the business. Okay, so uh, for example, if you've got um, as part of the the onboarding process, you've not got a lot of information that's been passed over from the CS um, to the CS team from the sales team, right? I think it's very important to go and have a chat with the the, the head of sales um, and communicate that actually how this is going to be beneficial to them if we put a process in place um, and get their buy-in because ultimately if it doesn't come from the department head that the team are going to follow a new process then it's less likely to succeed um, but when you're when you're talking to um, the, the head of sales for example and you say actually if we can if we can nail this process down then the risk of customer churn is significantly reduced which in turn means the customer is going to be happier and more susceptible to upsell and cross-sell opportunities, which in turn brings in more revenue for the sales team, right? So it's having a look at how we can solve those problems together. And I think having buy-in from the top is the first step. Um, once you've got that, it's then speaking to both sides and saying, okay, where, where are the issues? Sales team might not want to do much in the way of admin. The CS team might need a lot more information to make the customer successful. And so you need to find that balance, yeah. right? Some of the some of the times the CS team might have to go and do a bit of homework on what the sales team has already done, and that's okay. Um, similarly, the sales team might have to bend a little bit more and do a bit more admin than they would have done before. But again, communicating the benefits to them in the long run is is probably the best way to go about it. Cool. So like, so really finding a balance really, like sort of it's you know, yeah. give, give and take between both and aligning on the company values and okay, interesting. Yeah. And and I think no matter what, what you're doing, think about why you're doing it and think about what it means to the customer. Your business is going to be the most successful when you give the customer an amazing experience and you should, all of your KPIs, all of your processes should be solely around providing that amazing customer experience. So if you've got a gap in, um, in in process and customers fall through the gap, then that becomes a problem. And that's not just for one department or another, that's for the business as a whole. So that's why I think it's so important to make sure you've got good collaboration between, between the departments. And as long as all the departments are aware that we're doing this for the customer and that in turn benefits all, all of us, you tend to get a good buy-in from everybody. That sounds great. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, lastly, I'd like to ask you, like, what would you say your personal leadership values are as a CS leader? If you oh, Very good question. I know, I know it's a bit of a hard one, but like, if you had to like summarize them, you know. Let's, let's have a think about this. Um, how, I, how I tend to operate is, I think primarily knowing what your focus is, knowing what your goals are, right? As I mentioned earlier, KPIs and, and metrics are there um, to drive the desired behaviors from everybody, okay? So if you need to keep retention at as close to 100% as possible and the team is there to grow the, the existing customer base, make sure you num know your numbers all the time, 
and and honestly revisit them a couple of times a week and that's not an exaggeration you need to be laser focused on what the priorities are um aside from that my style tends to be fairly collaborative i like to work with the teams they're pushing process onto people i will identify areas where we can make some improvements in processes but give the team a space where they can contribute to it you get a really good buy-in by doing so you get the opportunity to provide your experience to it but you're helping them to grow as well because the people that you are leading today are going to be the leaders of tomorrow right and so you want to give them the opportunity to be able to even if it going to the next company in you know five years time where they're going to work next and they're going to be the next cs leader they can then talk to the fact that they've worked with you and that they came up with this idea and that idea quite didn't quite work and we made changes but we implemented this process and that was down to their idea and i think that's that's great not just for for the company but for the individual as well and i think i think lastly it's probably probably about caring a lot about your team right i work for my team not the other way around i always want to make sure that i'm doing everything i can to enable my team to be successful whether that be helping out with some of their customers and that's not me taking over their accounts i think that's important that the that the team do their work and, and own the relationship but jumping in wherever possible if they need help providing guidance um being available and that's a tricky one as a cs leader you tend to be like busy all the time but try and carve out as much time as you can if it, even if it's minimum of half an hour per week for each person on your team that's an absolute minimum for me um and knowing what their what their success metrics are within the organization and i suppose outside of the company outside of work as well if they want to go traveling um they want to go traveling across europe and you work for a company that you can work remotely why can't you enable that for them right you're going to get a, a fantastic team member off the back of it and and yet you, you've got to make sure that i say you make sure they're doing the work there's a lot of trust involved in both sides um but you again you're going to get some people that are, are prepared to go above and beyond without you having to ask them just by creating that that supportive environment so I'd probably say those those are those are my key things. Love those, yeah, they're great. So thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today, Richard. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you about the, this. I think it's just a very, really important topic that's very, I think, very applicable. Um, I think for anybody that's wanting to progress up the career ladder or maybe reevaluate where where they currently are, I think what everything you've said today is just, I don't know. I think it, I think it's just going to ring true for a lot of people and hopefully help a lot of people get to where they want to be you know particularly aspiring cs leaders so thank you very very much i appreciate it yeah i kind of can't wait to have you back on the pod so um thank you very much and uh, thanks for having me on thanks for tuning in be sure to check out our other episodes and go to customersuccesscollective.com for even more customer success related content you can also join our global community on slack and you can find the link to that on the csc website but until then see you next time